0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: This is Being Bumo. A podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring but also willing to share with us how it really is because as we all know parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier a little less stressful and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. Today, we have an incredibly inspiring story. I am joined by the amazing Mara Lauren Hutchinson, who shares with us her story of motherhood while being legally blind. She takes us through her journey of discovering that she has something called retinitis pigmentosa, which has caused her to progressively lose her eyesight and how that has impacted her journey through motherhood. She also talks to me about how she explains to her son what her disability is and how in intuitive, and caring children can be when exposed to disabilities at a very young age. We also talk about how people are more than their disability, and it's just such an incredibly inspiring story. Here's our conversation. Hi, Mara. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so, I'm honestly so happy to be here. I'm so excited. You know what? I discovered you on Instagram and I just became really obsessed with your story. And I just found it so fascinating, but also really inspiring. So I'm really excited for you to be able to share your story with our audience because you have such a powerful story. We haven't had any parents with disabilities. So I'm really excited to learn more about this topic. So before we go into it, what is the very first thing that you did this morning? I
0: am not going to lie to you. I did my nails while I was drinking my coffee because I totally forgot that it's also a video. Uh huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a rough like week with so many things to do. And my nails were just so jammed ugly that I was like, she's going to see me and I can't be looking like this. And I have the habit of moving my hands a lot So I was drinking my coffee first thing. And then I said, I'm going to, because I woke up really early. I'm a morning person. So after I did my meditation, my prayers, I was like, okay, time for coffee and my nails. And then let's just go through the day. I'm just being flat out honest. I I love
1: it. I love it. Well, I do love your lilac nails. I think it's lilac, right? But just to make you feel better. I don't have my nails done. So as you can see, they're completely bare. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you so much. If you could go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of start off with, I guess, sharing your story, that would be incredible.
0: Okay. So I am Mara Lauren Hutchinson. I am pretty much a mom. I am legally blind. It doesn't mean that I'm completely blind. There's always a specific ways and degrees of when it comes to blindness. And I am from Toronto. Toronto. And I've been a huge, huge advocate for the visually impaired community for many, many years. And I am just a stay-at-home wife and now a mother pretty much. And the way I go about life is that I'm very active with my Instagram platform and using that to really connect and help others out in terms of being legally blind or visually impaired. And I've just been so involved with so many organizations from different parts of the world that I'm able to build this platform and just connect with different people. And yeah, I'm just pretty much myself. And oh, I didn't even bring up what I'm battling my eye condition. It's called retinitis pigmentosa, and it is a genetic um, disorder, and it's pretty much causing me to lose my vision and i've had it for 10 years now i've been diagnosed for over 10 years now with this condition and yeah i'm just a simple girl just living life and trying to take it day by day and you know how it is when it comes to being a parent right you got to do what you got to (laughs) do
1: Love that. So you mentioned, is it retinitis pigmentosa? So you said that it's genetic. So did you know that you were going to get this? Like does someone in your family have it?
0: No, honestly, we don't even know to this day. It's not my mom's or my dad's. So it's probably some other generation, but they're still trying to figure out if it is really from my dad's or my mom's side. So I'm still doing, I'm still in the middle of doing a lot of genetic testing. It's just that with the situation right now with COVID that I am not able to really go into the hospitals and do my testings. And -and so-and-so-so, yeah.
1: So when did you discover that you had this? Like, was it immediate when you're like, oh, something doesn't feel right? Or did it kind of progress from when you discovered it?
0: Starting grade six, I, I got my first pair of eyeglasses. So then growing up, teenage years, people just thought I was clumsy. Like I fall or I'll trip here and there, I'll bump into walls. Even myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just being clumsy, right? Until I think around mid-20s when I started to notice that when I go to movie theaters or when I'm at the club, let's say, or I don't know, just somewhere dim that I can't see anything at all. And then I realized that even my peripherals, if I'm looking directly at your eyes right now, I'm not able to see what's around you or your nose i have to look down to see that okay there's your nose or okay you're holding on to a mic i just realized that now so on my appointment on 2010 i had a follow up with my eye doctor to obviously get a new prescription it's it's that time of the year to get your eyes checked again and i mentioned to him that i think something could be wrong because when it's nighttime or if i'm let's say at the movies or something i cannot see anything at all. And I can't see if you're waving your hand this way or somebody's here. Like I'm not able to see anything or even on the bottom or the top type of thing. So then he's like, okay, we'll see what's going on. And so-and-so. And And then from there, the regular eye doctor referred me to my first ever specialist. And then it led to many more other specialists because we wanted a second opinion because my first experience with that first ever specialist was just a downer. And then from there, we just figured it all out.
1: Got it. And then so when you discovered it, you this was pre-kids, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I wasn't even married yet. I was just newly
1: engaged. Mm. Now I was just engaged. So you were just discovering kind of this new discovery of yourself. When you first got confirmation that this is what it was, what was your immediate reaction to it?
0: I'm not going to relate my my experience. Well, actually, I think I should because it's very important to everybody to know this that you always have to ask for a second opinion for everything. Because my first specialist just gave me the news of, you have a, a retina disorder. And then we're like, and when he showed us the image of what my eyes look like, it was all black and the tunnel vision was just so small. And he said, like, this is the only thing that you're going to be seeing and everything this. He's giving me all these details. And then when I asked him, Well, what can we do about it? Because, you know, what's the treatment? What can we do? He's like, Nothing. There's nothing you can do. That first initial feeling was, What? Like, I was holding back my tears because I was with my fiance at that time and my mom. So, I didn't honestly know what to expect or how to really feel until I was probably on my own. And then we said, okay, we're going to ask for a second opinion. And when everything was confirmed with the right specialist, she gave me the hopes of even though there's no treatment right now, and that you can still go on with your life and live life. And there's the technology nowadays is so amazing that it caters to the visually impaired community. And she gave me a lot of hopes in terms of that. It'll be
1: okay. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principle that drives every design, beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of female bodies in motion. This summer, Athleta is your go-to shorts destination. Distraction-free and ultra lightweight. Their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. My personal favorite are the Trekkie North Short for many reasons. First and foremost, they are so chic and they are really great for hiking, climbing, and exploring. And I've actually been doing quite a bit of hiking lately. It feels and looks super sleek. It's lightweight. It has two-way stretch for extra mobility and four pockets, which is great for stashing all of your essentials. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's running a new PR, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in. Let your legs lead you forward. I personally love this time of year when we can all start wearing shorts because it just reminds me that summer is here. It's just around the corner and it's time to get active. I personally used to hate showing off my legs for whatever reason, but my legs are strong and they are powerful. And as a mother, I'm super proud of how strong they are. Summer is the time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra, extra small to triple X. With that said, let's get back to the show. I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is the Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices. or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. So... You talked about how you do not have your peripheral vision anymore, and you have lost your left vision lately because of pregnancy. I found that really interesting. And you're just hanging on to five percent of your vision left on your right eye. So, how was it being pregnant while going through this, and did it, it did it make it worse? I think
0: it really made it worse because I noticed a lot of difference with the left vision, and they did say. Before getting pregnant, my specialist did say a lot of things where, are you trying to have a baby or in the future? She gave me a heads up that even regular moms, women trying to get pregnant, that you could lose a little bit of vision. Like, I guess it'll change. So she did give me a heads up that this could happen. And she also gave me a heads up that since it is genetic, that there's a possibility that my son could also have it. And at that time when I went back, cause I was pregnant, I asked her, what do we do about it? So there was an option of doing some genetic testing while I was pregnant, but my husband and I weren't comfortable doing that. And we just said, you know what, we'll just take it day by day and we'll see what happens. And cause we just didn't want to harm him or. Harm right.
1: Him. So when you had your first, so you have one child, right? But, Correct. Okay. Uh, and how old is he? He's three. He's turning four this coming September. Oh, wow. What a fun age and difficult too.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Trust me. Yeah.
1: And you have you have two, right? I have a six-year-old and an almost three-year-old. So yeah, that three age is very interesting, (laughs) to say the least. So once you gave birth and you became a mother and you are legally blind, what were like the immediate things, like the struggles and challenges that kind of came with it for you?
0: My first, one of the first thoughts that I actually was very worried about was that if ever I was alone with him and. It's happened where, if you know, that I already have fallen many times, I'll accidentally bump into something. And so the worry is always what if I harm him? I see. While I'm carrying my son at that time, even now, right? I mean, you're, you never want to hurt your kids. And the struggle was always how do I go in taking care of him without hurting him? If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: That absolutely makes sense because obviously it's a physical impairment. So you're not able to kind of see surrounding things, right? So there's chance that you could fall or like trip on something you might not be able to see. So how were you able to kind of combat that? Were you able to get help or what was it like?
0: To be honest with you, I mean, I took it day by day. Like I said to myself, you know what, like I'm going to be home alone with him not everyone is out and about working and -and so-and-so, like I just have to try, right? I mean, I'm very familiar with the surroundings. I make sure that certain things are on their spot that I know I could easily grab or nothing is on the ground. So if I'm carrying him walking around, it'll be safe. So, I mean, you just have to find your comfort level in terms of like trying to put away certain things that you know will harm. And if I have to grab something, it's I'll put it here right away in case like if I have to reach for it type of thing. I mean, in my position, it's like you honestly forget sometimes that you're struggling with your own battles because you're focusing on taking care of him. So you got to try to figure out how am I going to survive today or what can I do to make something better, especially if I've fallen or so-and-so. Like you just try to adjust to me, right?
1: Right. So now that your son is three years old, um, have you started talking to him about your situation and this eye disease? And how do you explain to a three-year-old child about this?
0: Well, it's, you know what? I always walk out with my white cane. It's something for me to, well, other people to identify that she's visually impaired. And it also gives me that comfort level where I can walk on my own, be independent. So he knows that I always have to have that before we leave out the door. So he always reminds me, He'll be like, mommy, you know, mommy, you forgot your stick. He calls it a stick, but I'll tell him like it's a cane, so-and-so, and I'll then remind him, you know, mommy can't see well, so we make sure we have to clean up, put all the Lego pieces away or every single toy because there will be times where it's happened where I've stepped on it or I'll kick it somewhere, who knows. But, I mean, he knows that there's certain things to do around the house to help things a lot easier for me, and just kind of explain to him and remind him again, you know, mommy can't see well, so you gotta help me, or you gotta hold on to my hand if we're outside walking on our own. Gotta make sure you're holding on to me. So little by little, like he's able to really understand that
1: I don't see well, and it's almost like he was born into this, right? And he, it's almost like he doesn't know life outside of this, like this is, is almost his norm, which is, I, I don't know if I, you would call it like a blessing, but it's almost like for you to explain to him, this is what he knows. And to him, this is his world and his life. And so maybe that makes it a little easier. I don't know if you feel that way as well. I
0: mean, look, he reminds me sometimes, cause you know, you grab the diaper bag, you grab your own bag, you grab so many things and you forget, oh, wait, my, my own thing, which is like, wait, oh, yeah, I need my keys, So I got to rush back. But he he reminds me of certain things. And then if he sees a toy, he'll be like, uh-oh, like watch out. So I mean, little by little, he's able to really understand and guide me through things. And it is, it is, I take it as, you know what, it's a blessing that he's here with me and able to learn from each other. And this is part of life, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, as he gets older, you know, when he goes into school, I don't know if he's in school right now. It's almost like he is going to be able to kind of, I don't know, I feel like he, It's almost like he's also kind of helping you and protecting you as well, which is really, really nice. But starting at a young age and something that I wish my kids would do more for me as well. But that's incredible that he already has that intuition of, oh, mommy needs help. Let me help her. Like I see a toy. Let me pick it up or let me tell her. Right. And so that's really incredible seeing that kids are able to grasp concepts at such a young age.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just talking to him and reminding him that I need help sometimes or this and that. So it's, it's a huge help that he's able to really adapt and go along with the journey.
1: That's incredible. Are you planning to have any more kids?
0: You know what, a lot, my parents, like our, both our parents have always asked, but no, like I do. To be honest with you, I really do. But I also think back and really figure out reality in terms of like, well, how are we gonna manage? Because I mean, I my husband's the only one that's really working. And I'm building this community and this platform and helping people out as well. And I mean, and I'm here with Mateo. Let's get real. Like it's expensive. My main, main thing is more I'm scared to lose whatever vision that's left. And I won't be able to really provide and help out the way I am now. I mean, everyone says, well, you'll figure it out. I know we can all figure it out, right? But this is like making me teary. But I mean, I want to be able to see my kids. Like, you know, it's, I want to be able to be there and see, you know, so, and I'm happy with him and he completes my life. And our family. So, I mean, God bless. It took us a while to have him. And, I mean, I said, if we're ever granted to to become parents, and I'll take that as the greatest gift, then I'm happy with that. And I'm going to stick to that. And I want to be able to really just cherish and hold on to what I can hold on with him. Of course, a huge family would be nice, right? But I don't know. Like, will I be that strong enough to... Because I don't, if I've lost this much on my left, I really don't know what will happen if I only have this much on my right eye. So it's it's so tough. But for now, like, I'm very, very super happy with him and the family and the, the life that we built. And
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really powerful, your story and just the amount of people that you're able to inspire through kind of what you stand for. And I I love that you always talk about how you're much more than your disability. And I love following you for that reason, because I just feel like your posts are just like anyone else's, right? Like you have beautiful outfits, you're out and about to these fabulous places. Like you, you look incredibly chic, but so many people sometimes we're like, oh, this person has a disability. Like how do they actually continue with their life, right? And I think there's a lot of stigma kind of around that. And I love that you're kind of breaking that. So can you share with me and our audience, were you always this confident or did it it take a while to kind of come to this place where you're like, I'm just going to own it. Like this is who I am.
0: I was always confident. I mean, I would say. And then being diagnosed and getting hit with this new lifestyle and this life changing thing, there was a huge, in the beginning, I would, I honestly would be honest with you that there was a huge, huge dark moment. It took me two years to really accept and learn that this is my life now and I have to do something about it versus where when I was so depressed, that point where I honestly didn't even know how I would go on about life where I thought about the bad things. I thought about hurting myself. And at that time we were just engaged too. So you're thinking about what is the life that I'm going to give my husband? This is a huge responsibility on him. And you never want someone to go through that. But he said, we can still get married. We will get married, have the life that we've always wanted. So I was never that confident, you know, I wasn't that confident in the beginning, but I think because when you're hit with something, you just think about all sorts of negative things until he reminded, until my husband reminded me that I'm the one that's missing out. Like our friends, our families are hanging out. And all I wanted to do was like legit be at home, laying down, pigging out, watching something, and- feeling sorry for myself. And after I've talked to him many times and I seeked help, I got introduced to a lot of organizations here in Toronto that would help me face this new life. You know, they would teach us being independent, walking with their white cane, simple things around the house, around the kitchen, how to just to navigate your life now. So connecting with them and able to teach me how to go on was a huge, huge, huge help. And it changed a lot of things with my life. And then afterwards, I started to feel good. I started to be active, connecting with so many people, being involved with organizations. I felt like I had a purpose again. And then I started to work out again, just being myself. And then that confidence just came rushing back again. And now it's like people think when I'm walking with my kid, it's when people reply to me or message and be like, how do you go looking like this? And listen, I'm like, it's because I just feel good now. I'm very happy with my life and I'm happy and content and have accepted that I have this disability and my life goes on, right? I mean,
1: yeah. That's incredible. So it took you about two years to finally get, here, right? To the place of just confidence and owning up to your disability and knowing that life doesn't stop just because of this, right? So what are some of the things you mentioned working out? You also mentioned like community. Do you have any like tips or advice for maybe parents or even kids that have disabilities, like to helping them find the confidence that they need? Like what were some of the things that you did that really helped you out?
0: I mean, honestly, being terrified is always going to be a part of being a parent, like disability or no disability. I think we're all, we have that feeling inside us that's a little scary because you don't know, like you don't know, you could never be prepared to having a kid. Right. So, I mean, my advice pretty much is trust yourself and know whatever's in your heart will just go with it. And I tell that, I tell myself that all the time where there's absolutely nothing in this world that I can't do. I mean, yeah, I can't drive, but I mean, there's certain things that I could still do to keep going. And especially now that I'm taking care and a huge responsibility that I have a son, that you can do it. Like you forget that you're going through this and you just become this superhero person where you fall, I've fallen many times and I've honestly, there are times when I accidentally will hit him too. You just don't even realize that you're hurting because you hit the wall or you fell down the stairs because you just got to keep going for our kids.
1: Is there something that you've discovered about yourself since becoming legally blind that you never knew about yourself that you had in you?
0: I honestly think that I never knew that I was able to talk to people and just be there and take the time out of my day to check in on people and reply to them. And just even speaking in front of people about my journey and able to really connect and help somebody out. I never had it in me that I was this way where I'm not shy. I'm, I'm very open. and I just never had it in me. I thought I was, I was, I'm shy. But when it comes to really helping and being there, and want you to succeed. And I want you to keep going with your life. And it's not the end of the world. Like I am there 100%.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. And I just, I feel like people that have gone through the fire, they almost want to pay it forward to the people that are currently going through it themselves or like the first discovery, you know, and it's always so scary and being able to walk side-by-side side with someone that doesn't know how to navigate this. I'm sure is something that you've experienced yourself as you're helping so many people out now.
0: Yeah. Cause you know what it is? It's social media wasn't a big thing. When I first signed up on social media, I was so alone. That's why I was so depressed as well. I was so alone with whatever I was battling with all my feelings Even though my family's, my bestest friends were around, I still felt so alone because it was always hard to explain to them what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm terrified of. So now that when people are reaching out to me, because they're in that low, dark space, I never I honestly don't want them to ever ever feel that way and I never want anyone to ever feel alone. And I cuz I've been there. I've been there where I had nobody to really talk to and now that I'm connecting and realizing, oh my god, there's so many other people like who's going through the same thing as me or something similar like me. So it's amazing to just connect and able to have people understand that I know exactly how you feel when you fell down or people looking at you because you're walking with your white cane and talking about you or this and that. So, I mean, now this community is amazing that I just don't want anyone to ever feel like we're alone in our journey.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. What inspires you and keeps you going?
0: I honestly, my number one is my family, like my husband and my son. There's so many days when I'm so exhausted balancing everything out, trying to work on projects and this and that, and then keeping the house maintained, just everything in general. But like, I give it my all when I look at my son and my husband. My husband works hard for us and and that inspires me to also work hard and be the best. And then when Mateo would hug me randomly and just say, thank you, mommy, or I love you, like come on. Like you would be like, okay, I'm, I'm fresh again. And I'm, I'm not tired anymore. And this and that, like you just have a little, it just gives you the boost, like your family.
1: Do you have any tips or hacks that you have discovered just because of your condition now and also being kind of, Busy with what you do with your organization and working, and your, the community that you build, while your husband is also working during the day. Like, do you have any hacks that you've discovered that has helped with your parenting?
0: Honestly, I just say you go with your, you go with the flow. I'm a planner, like I plan way ahead. I'll plan even two weeks from now, but I take the time now to just really, you know what, take it day by day and be the best. Try to enjoy your life, whether if you're just at home, in the backyard, and you do what you can. You just be the best you can be and don't put so much pressure into other things and just live it.
1: Amazing. Well, where can people find you and learn more about you?
0: Well, I mean, it's just my Instagram, um, Atemara, A-T-E-M-A-R-A, and that's just pretty much where I'm at. You can message me there if you ever need anything or if you just want to talk. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You can just email me there or DM, yeah.
1: And what is the organization that you're really active in that you're mentioning?
0: I'm a huge part of Fighting Blindness Canada. And I've also worked with the Foundation Fighting Blindness in America. And I'm involved with a lot of eye care and disability or like little things here and there with the you know, disability community. And pretty much, I'll just say it as what it is. I use my platform. That's what I say, my community, my organization where Atimara Ate, because I'm Filipino, is in my culture, it means big sister. So when I say I'm a big sister, I'm a big sister to all. You can talk to me about anything. If you ever feel alone or you want to know more about my condition or you're going through the same thing, I'm just here for you as a friend, as a sister. So that's my organization on top of other things that I'm involved with. If anybody wants, you know, just to kind of connect and help them out, spread awareness of all types of eye conditions, my conditions.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mara. This was really incredibly inspiring and your positivity just like radiates and thank you so much for for being the light for so many people. So nice meeting you. Yeah, so nice to meet you. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to bumobrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.